Welcome to this week's Pink Podcast. This week, Terry Shimon presents part four of the dynamic duel of customer service. Uh, in terms of management information, you're reporting on this stuff and you're producing reports, and I should say you're producing meaningful reports. You're producing reports that are actually full of information that people need and want to know about incident management. My gauge, and we, I mean, you know, reporting is a whole other issue, but my gauge for reporting, I always say, if you're sending out reports and if you don't send out the report, will they get back to you? Well, they say, hey, where's that report? It's usually on my desk every Monday. It's not here. Where is it? Why is it late? Then you know they're responding to that report. If, as in some organizations, you've sent that report out and, <laughs> and you've started to get clever and kind of cute and little things you put in the report and you're getting no feedback or response, then you can, you can wonder. So, uh, also, and this is going to be important because it's an important it's an important link between, uh, it's an important indication that your incident management is mature. And that is, how well is it linked to working with security management to identify security incidents? Basically, a security incident is an incident. It's a reduction or disruption to, to normal service, but it has one of the areas of security linked to it. Confidentiality, integrity, or availability. There's some additional security issue. And security management is going to be reliant upon our, our incident management process to make sure that the appropriate reporting of security incidents is done. So one of the signs that you can tell, hey, we're on our way with a good incident management process is if we've created that circumstance, that's, that, that arrangement or that relationship with our security management process. In terms of tasks and authorities, yeah. I mean, you know, you've got defined roles. Again, you've documented all of this. You have defined roles. You've used perhaps some sort of authority matrix to look at the activities of your incident management process and to strategically and tactically, you know, assign them to the, dif to the different departments and groups within your IT organization. And that you have the appropriate levels of authority. In other words, if they're performing some tasks in incident management, they have the authority as well as the skill and the knowledge to be performing those tasks. So you've given some thought as to how you've taken the roles and responsibilities to perform the activities in these processes and bring them into your organization. And this is important in terms of having defined contact lists regarding handoffs and escalations. And some of that, of course, will be tied into the expectations that you have in your SLAs, which means that you can, you can put some of that, you can negotiate some of this in your OLAs, in your operational level agreements. So once again, and I know I'm sort of backdooring this, but another way that you can tell you have a good incident management process is do you have these kind of links with service level management? Do you have evidence of OLAs and SLAs that address these kind of issues? All right, in terms of it being active rather than reactive, this is interesting in incident management because it is primarily a reactive process. However, the things that are proactive about incident management, think of your service desk. Think of, you know, is it doing a good job of keeping clients notified when systems go down? Are you using your service desk again? It is this single point of contact. It's this point of communication, but communication is two-way. And are we sending out and taking in, uh, you know, back and forth, the Seinfeld thing, back and forth going on? Uh, also, in terms of being proactive, again, when change management puts a change out there, I mean, one of the, the goal of change management is to minimize the impact 
of change-related incidents. And one of the things that change management is going to be very curious about when they make a change is are there any incidents occurring as a result of this change? So one of the ways that we can, one of the proactive aspects of incident management is that link with change management. Do we have some sort of system of reporting between change and incident, uh, some link there so that change management is informing incident management of what changes are going out there and what incidents to look for, what changes you know, to link incidents to, and then is incident management reporting that back to change management. So it could be another proactive aspect of incident management. And also, the skill assessment is periodically con conducted to determine gap. In other words, there are levels to incident management, and we need to make sure that, you know, the way we've assigned uh, the activities and assigned the roles and responsibilities, that we've done so with skills in mind as well. Staffing requirements are analyzed so that we've got the right number of people with the right skills at the right time. Knowledge requirements are analyzed in advance of taking on new products, services, or clients. Again, uh, it, this, is, this is a proactive aspect of incident management because remember, our definition of an incident is something that causes or may cause a reduction or interruption to service. So if we know that we're going to be putting something out there, one of the ways that we can track it and track and, and control it is by opening an incident record and then measuring you know, any incidents reported, uh, reported uh, linked with that record. Incident logs are reviewed for consistent incident descriptions, solutions, classification, and categorization. In other words, we're checking on are we doing a good job of all of that. In terms of, and again, there are proactive means for automatic escalation of incidents because, boy, if we can do this, anything we can do to automate this. For some reason, as I go into organizations and talk about ITIL and best practices, people think that ITIL is all about these people handoffs that have to occur. ITIL is nothing against automation. Boy, if you, if you can figure out a way for your tool to detect the incident, open the record, use self-healing uh, software to fix itself, close the record and, you know, say goodbye and tuck you in at night, hey, they have nothing against that. Nothing against automating this as much as you can. And so any automated monitoring and recording of incidents uh, that might happen based upon our defined thresholds. Because again, that, that, that may cause aspect of what an incident is, is dependent upon our defined thresholds. It isn't dependent upon someone's hunch or someone's guess, yeah, I think something's going to blow up here, or I think something's going to go wrong. It's based upon defined thresholds that are then hit. In terms of supply and demand, are we doing, are we, in other words, are we doing enough incident management? And what can we do to make sure that we are doing that? And of course, one of the aspects, again, one of the things that I think you need to understand about incident management is that it has a very, very strong link and dependency upon the availability management process in terms of the back office planning, the tactical looking a little further ahead down the road in terms of how much incident management, how much resource, and when I say how much incident management, I mean how much resource and time should we devote to incident management. A lot of that we're going to be able to get from availability information because think about it. What is an incident? It's an instance of unavailability. Availability management is going to be very curious as to the kind of level of work that incident management is doing and should be able to give incident management a lot of feedback and a lot of data that it needs in order to plan for future growth. So again, another sign that you know you're on your way to having good incident management, mature incident management, is if you can look at it and say, yes, we have these kind of links with what we're getting from availability management as well. 
Documentation. Yeah, you got all this stuff. You got your process models. You got your procedures. You got escalation procedures. You got management reporting going on. All the, all the kinds of documentation that you're probably getting sick of hearing about in ITIL. All of that needs to be going on. You have procedures for incident recording, classify, all of the thing, all of the activities that, if it's an activity that's done in the process, it needs a set of procedures document. It needs documented procedures to go along with it. The question actually is really the level of documentation that you do, and of course that's going to vary from organization to organization. But yes, if it's, if it's something that you're doing, you need to document the procedures for doing it. So, and, and, and not only just the procedures, you know, the activities of, that we normally think of in following the flow of, a, of an incident or a service request, but also the communication, procedures for communicating, and the procedures for the reviewing the process. And finally, in terms of formal planning for the process, you know, that you have ongoing planning, that we have, a, I mean, one of the things that we have is our process owner who's going to be accountable for doing, doing the long-term planning of this particular process. Uh, hey, do you have a budget for the incident management process? Not just a budget to fix things, not just a budget for the service desk, but you have a budget for the incident management process. Is it a budget item? That your staffing and scheduling planning uh, is ongoing as the business grows. Again, that there's paying some sort of attention to that. And by the way, part of this is going to be, again, part of this is going to be working with another process called capacity management. Again, capacity management is going to be ensuring that we have tools and resources and people, the service capacity management aspect of working with the service desk as the business grows to make sure that the service desk and our first level of incident management is growing with it. Thank you for listening to this week's Ping Podcast, part four of the dynamic duel of customer service by Terry Sherman. Please join us next week for part five.